đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you and welcome to this week's episode of team cat home my radio today Happy Friday. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you guys are staying safe. I hope you guys are do- not doing something crazy um, weekend, of course. And, of course, it's going to be, uh, hope- I think it's going to be raining in and off today. Um, hope you guys are staying warm. Um, hopefully, you guys are eating something warm as well. And hope you guys are staying safe. So, next week, I don't know what next week SJ is going to be doing in my college. But, hopefully, um, we're doing something great, doing something fun. I have no problem with that. So let's get into it. So all and also disclaimer all well not disclaimer. It's always been so it's been like this every time. So every this report I'm reading off of it, except for the one first and few episodes was from Texas Tribune, uh, Tribune and all stuff like that. But most of this report I'm reading off is is from Hong Kong Free Press. You guys can check out the website. You guys can look up on HongKongFreePress.com. You can look up more reports on that. So. Let's get into it. So, China slams Joe Biden extremely irresponsible remarks on Xi Jinping. Beijing on Thursday condemned U.S. President Joe Biden's comment that Chinese leader Xi Jinping faced enormous problems, saying that remarks were extremely irresponsible. In an interview with PBS NewsHour, Biden said said Wednesday that China was constrained in its its ability to confront the United States. Biden needs to protect international trade, and that she himself is in an inevitable place position. Try his back at the remarks Thursday. Who can who? I'm not surprised. I'm surprised. With Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning telling a regular briefing um, that Beijing was strongly dissatisfied, like they always would. This type of rhetoric from the United States. Is extremely irresponsible and runs counter to basic diplomatic etiquette, Mao said, and that Beijing firmly opposed this. After a brief warming after a November G20 meeting between Biden and Xi, U.S. China's relations have cooled following the appearances of high altitude Chinese balloons over the U.S., which, air, which the U.S. Air Force shot down on Saturday. The U.S. has alleged that alleged the balloon was intended for espionage, claimed China. Claims China has denied, like they always would. It was weather observation devices that blew off course. Hmm. I wonder how it flew that far. I've never seen any weather balloons fly that crazily far. In his interview Wednesday, Biden defended the decision to shoot down the craft and stressed that the U.S. is not looking for a conflict with China. He, but he also said she has enormous problems, including an economy that's not functioning very well. Can I? Can you think of any other world country who trades, uh, who trade places with Xi Jinping? I can't think of one. Biden says, "I know who. You. Just kidding. But at the same time, why would Xi Jinping be anybody who we want to respect? Anybody who we want to look at? It's just stupid. I don't want him anywhere. Australia. 
who can forget about Australia. People always know what Australia is, the government. Sometimes they're, kowtow- they're, sometimes they're too kowtowing to the Communist Party, especially people living there, especially the university, the big-end universities, we should say. Thank you, Drew Pavel, for, give- for giving us the information. You're a smart guy. And hope and you guys who actually gave him threats to Drew Pablo, you guys sucks. Australia to remove Chinese made cameras from over two hundred defense sites. Australia will strip Chinese made security cameras from some government buildings to ensure they are completely secure, the country's defense minister said Thursday. It follows similar moves in the United States and Britain, which have both taken measures to stop government departments from installing Chinese made cameras at sensitive sites. Britain acted acted in November last year due to fears that Chinese companies could be forced to share intelligence with Beijing security services. The security cameras were installed at more than 200 Australian government buildings, according to official figures complied by the opposition politicians, including at least one run by the Department of Justice, uh, Department of Defense. Australia Defense, um, Defense Minister Richard Morrows said officials would find and remove all cameras found within the defense department's vast collections of, of offices and facilities. It's a significant thing that's been brought to our attention, and we're going to fix it, he told national broadcaster ABC. It's important that we go through the this exercise and and make sure that our facilities are completely secure. The government's funded National War Memorial, a sprawling 14 hectares, which is about 35 acres, complex in Canberra, also confirmed it would remove a small number of Chinese-made cameras out of the abundance of caution. The cameras were made by the companies um, Hikvision um, and Dahua, which have been, have been blacklisted in the United States. The U.S. banned the importations of surveillance equipment made by Hikvision and Dahua, in November last year because it posed an unacceptable risk to national security. In Britain, a group of 67 MPs and Lords called for the government to ban high visions in Dahua in July last year, following reports their equipment had been used to spy on Uyghurs in Xinjiang. It was a high vision camera that caught former Health, Min- Health Secretary um, Matt Hancock kissing an, an aide in a violation of COVID rules in June 2021, leading to his resignation. Hikvision had previously said it was categorically false to paint the company as a threat to national security, even though they are. Australia's central-left government has been trying to repair its relationship with China since coming to power in May last year. China slapped hefty tariffs on key Australian exports in 2020 at the height of a, of a bitter dispute with the former conservative government. An earlier headline, this is a correction here, an earlier headline incorrectly said that there were 200 cameras involved as opposed to 200 defense sites we regret this error, so at least they fixed it, so good going guys. At least you guys know know how to fix mistakes than anyone else. So at least I know, so at least I know what's going on and at least we, what we see and what we saw. So at least this is something that's very important for everyone. So I expected. So I expected many. This is going to be a report a little differently than I expected to be. This is about Turkey here. Guide how Hong Kongs can help those affected by the Turkey earthquake. So of course, um, many people are of course the monetary donations, we should say, 
The consulate invites Hong Kongers and NGOs to donate to Disaster and Emergency Management President of Turkey, the Turkish Crescent, uh, Crescent Society, Turkish Religious Affairs Bureau. So if you ask me what kind of donations that they should be transporting, we deeply, um, we will be deeply grateful the in-kind of a contribution that arrived from China to meet the emergency needs of the victims, the consulate said. The relief supplies are being collected by Turkish Airlines, which operates direct flights to Turkey from Hong Kong and China. Boxes containing aid supplies should be sent by next Monday, February 13th, with the English name of, con- of, the, contents, of the contents. For example, garment, shoes, shelter, equipment, etc. written on the boxes. Items should be preferred to be brand new and suitable for winter. So that's very important that we're seeing this happening. So... Hopefully you Hong Kongers out there are, are giving donate are giving donations and supplies. Hopefully we Americans itself. Right now our our um a group in SGA that we had, I think it's, I think some group like the Green Team are already doing it. So at least good going guys, because I know that some classmates I have I saw some members in the SGA are actually um I think some of them are Turkish, or Turkish students. Um I'm hoping that they continue to keep in contact with the family. And for you out there who actually are uh, Turkish people out there who are living in America right now, hope you guys are ma- keep making contact with uh, with your family and make sure that they're staying safe and moving out of the areas that are being extremely crazily affected. So, hope you guys stay safe there. Back to the reports. Hong Kong government department found to have made changes to NGO submission to UN rights by a Hong Kong government department a government department have been found to have made changes to an NGO's submission to a UN to a UN rights body. Hollow Fund's two-page submission, which appears on the UN websites, was two edits made by a user called CMAB when track changes switch a view was switch on. CMAB are the initials of the Constitution and Affairs Bureau. The department responsible for ensuring the implementation of the basic law, Hong Kong's mini constitution. First is the addition of a space in one of the paragraphs, while the second is the inclusion of the Hollow Fund Limited, the full name of the NGOs, at the end of the document. Both edits were made on December 9th, la- December 29th last year. The, C- the CMAB's the apparent edit first came to light in a report by local media outlet Ming Pao. Besides the two edits, and since since the protection is not limited to workplace equality, limited to workplace equality, we suggest that the last sentence be removed. Was added to a number bullet board, a bullet point about the Hong Kong government commitment to safeguard women's rights. It is unclear, however, who wrote the sentence. In response to Hong Kong Free Press, the CMAB said said NGOs that wish to express their views to the UN committee should do so independently. However, the NGOs had questions about formatting or submission procedures. It could ask for assistance from the government. As the relevant United Nations Committee only accepts submissions from organizations, not individuals, the department advised the organization to write its name, a CMAB spokesperson said, referring to editions of Hollow Fund Limited at the end of the document. The department stressed that it did not take part in writing the relevant report and did not offer any comments on its contents. It added, Jason Chum, the director of Hollow Fund and whose name is written on in the submission, did not respond to the request for comments for Hong Kong Free Press. Chum, 
is also a member of the Democratic Alliance for the Betterment and Progress of Hong Kong, or DAB, in the Yunlong branch. Hello Fund's report is one of more than 30 focus on Hong Kong's issues that have been submitted to the UN, Commi- UN Committee on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights ahead of a meeting next week. The committee is tasked with monitoring signatories' implementations of the International Covenant on Economic, Social, and Cultural Rights, which ensures access to adequate housing, education, social security, and other rights. The committee will review mainland China, Hong Kong, and Macau issues next Wednesday and Thursday. According to the UN, state parties must report to the, on the progress made towards adopting measures relating to the covenant every five years. The United Nations invites input from civil society groups ahead of these reports. In this submission, Hello Fund said foreign countries or overseas forces have interfered in Hong Kong's affairs and that the national security law have been effective in bringing stability to Hong Kong after months of unrest in 2019. D'Angelo also accused foreign countries and overseas forces of interfering in Hong Kong's affairs. The reports also highlight the government's education policies, including its expenditures on education and how students have equal opportunity to get into higher education after taking public exams. Little can be found about Hollow Fun Online. According to, according to a profile picture on its Facebook page, on which there are only three posts, the NGO was founded in 2011. Most of these sub- submissions made ahead of the UN committee meetings next week were sent by pro-establishment groups. Among them is the Hong Kong and Mainland Legal Professional Association, the Yunlong, the Yunlong Youth Association, and a committee under the, under the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labor Unions. Was surprise. Other include... Others include overseas-based NGOs including Hong Kong Watch and Human Rights Watch, as well as local human rights law firm Dali Dali & Associates, and NGO Society for Community Organization. So at least we have some, um, you know, at least some pro, at least pandemic slant a little bit that falls into a line with the pro-democracy camp. At least least they're there just to report. Otherwise, it's not going to be fair. Because pro-Beijing, they love to dig out something that they thought sounds good, but it turns out to be false. Stand News Trial. Hong Kong courts hears debate over credibility of police brutality allegations during the 2019 demos. The lead prosecutor in the, in the trial against the now defunct, non-defunct digital media outlet, Stand News, have questioned the credibility of police brutality accusations during the 2019 signed probation media reports and police watch that finds that are largely clear forces of misconduct. The prosecution resumed its examinations of ex-chief of ex-chief editor Chung Pui Kung in front of Judge Gold White King and at district court on Wednesday. The sedition hearing was adjourned last Friday after government lawyers submitted four new boxes of evidence. Chung together with Stan News former acting chief editor Patrick Lam and its parent company are accused of conspiring to publish seditious publications. The trial was originally scheduled to last 20 days when it first began last October. During Wednesday hearing, lead, per- lead persecutor Laura mm, submitted the Independent Police Complaints Council 2020 report to provide context for the case and, access- and assessed 
Chum's perception of the 2019 pro-democracy protest or unrest. To, uh, asked Chum whether whether allegations of police brutality were triggering with the triggering port of the months-long protests and violent clashes in 2019, as well as the source of, for terrorism to flourish later on. In response, Chum agreed that police brutality was the main concern for pro for some protesters. He had that he did not deny that the level of violence escalated after protests after protests first erupted in June 2019. Many destructive acts are more radical protest behavior have not have never been seen in Hong Kong over previous decades, he said. However, citing a university poll commissioned by the IP, IPCC, Chum said the increase in violence and, and illegal acts did not seem to deter people from supporting the social movement. I was surprised as well, Chum said. There was a deeper layer of political conflict in the background. We have to document uh, document and report that, Chum said. During the, during the anti-extradition bill protest, demonstrators also demand an independent probe into police conduct, amnesty for those arrested, and halt the characterization of protests as riots. The prosecutor then questioned Chum about a case when a woman was allegedly shot by a police beanbag round and suffered a, rusher, a ruptured eye on August 11, 2019. Signing two articles from a pro-Beijing newspaper, St. Tao and Oriental Daily, said reports suggested that the woman in question did not in fact have her eye ruptured and was never hit by the police round in the first place. Chum said the two outlets did not name their source, nor say whether they had two independent sources to verify the claims. Initially, Chum said he had read in Ming Pao when he was when he was detained that there was a copy of a medical report proving the eye was indeed ruptured. So who are you trying to argue now? Chum and Lam were granted bail on December 13, 2020, on 2022, after spending almost a year in custody awaiting trial. The prosecutor then said that before the defendants were arrested in December 2021, there seemed to, there seemed to be no material proof of a woman's injury, nor that it caused by the police. In response, Chum said the injury was quite clear based on photos from the scene. Plus, a beanbag round was next to the woman. Like I don't know, who, I don't know who wrote this thing anyway. Who's giving this to the per lead prosecutor? And also raised questions about the credibility of the allegations made against the police regarding the treatments of detainees at the San Opling, San Opling uh, holding center. The government lawyer said that while the police were accused of beating up and sexually abusing some detainees, the IPCC and the police did not receive any complaints about such matters. Additionally, Um said a man was arrested and convicted for publishing rumors about how protesters were mistreated and killed at San Opling. However, Chum said there was a logical problem to say all the allegations over sampling were false and based on people making up stories. The journalist added that he thought the findings of the IPCC were insufficient to clear the police of misbehavior, as the watchdog had no investigative power. He said the credibility of the IPCC's report was also questioned by foreign experts who were entrusted by the government to join an IPCC panel but quit part way into the probe. However, Um said said the IPCC had invited the public to submit information for the report. I give you a chance to give us details. You didn't do so, and criticize us afterward. So should I believe you, asked. In response, Chum said, 
he can think a lot of reasons why people would not want would not want to tell the IPCC about what they suffer, such as concerns over legal liability, over disclosing their presence at the police sites at the protest sites. The defense added that some of the IPCC's descriptions of the of events occurring during the, in twenty nineteen were largely inconsistent with everyone's knowledge. And what a surprise, the hearing the hearing will continue, will resume on Friday. Like they always would. I don't know how long they're going to last, but is that fair enough? They're taking forever, of course, and they're not caring about anything, so we expect. Hong Kong deploys 59-person relief team to Turkey after massive quakes kill at least 12,000 people. A 59 rescue team... A 59 Hong Kong rescue team have left for Turkey after the country and neighboring Syria was struck by two massive earthquakes that have left 12,000 people dead. Hong Kong was the latest to send a relief team to the region, joining others including the United Kingdom, South Korea, China, and Taiwan. Republic of China. The southern part of Turkey and parts of neighboring Syria was hit by a 7.8 magnitude, earthquake, magnitude quake on Monday, followed by a 7.7 magnitude quake about nine hours later, that's even worse. Can you believe that? The Hong Kong team was led by Yu Min Young, Deputy Chief Fire Officer, and comprises 49 members of the Fire Services Department Urban Search and Rescue Team, and two rescue dogs. The officers from the, city, from the city's Security Bureau, Immigration Department, and the Department of Health were also dispatched on Wednesday night. Acting Chief Executive Eric Chan and Secretary for Security Chris Tong saw the team off at the Hong Kong International Airport. I think this deployment is very meaningful, said Chan. It can also show mutual aid, not not only in the country, but also for the people of our countries. We will help help when there is is need. Payami Kayonchu Consul of Consul General of Turkey to Hong Kong and Macau said at the airport that they were great, very grateful. Of course, you should. At least every country is helping you through the situation. The Consul General said that his country had urged other states and international communities to send assistance after Turkey was hit by the one of the strongest earthquake in our history. I want to thank here the government of Hong Kong of Hong Kong Special Minister Region that they they very fast. Promptly and positively replied to our request," said Kanyaku. At least, I'm happy. I'm hope. I'm happy that we have more countries are paying more attention to this. Because if not, I don't know who will. Everyone should pay attention to this, because this is the most important thing that this is ever happening, and this is something that we have to actually watch out for. So we're gonna focus on the uh, aspect of the pro of the. Uh, the court of the 47, Hong Kong 47, court warns against harassments ahead of witness testimony in Democrats' national security trial. A Hong Kong judge has warned against any harassments of persecution witnesses in the, in the city's largest national security trial involving 47 advocates. The warning came ahead of a testimony set to begin next week. Anyone who harasses or interferes with witnesses at the landmark conspiracy to commit subversion case We'll be liable for criminal contempt of court, High Court Judge Andrew Chan said on Thursday. They'll be also removed from the court building. 
Chang gave his warning on behalf of a panel of three judge ju- of three designated judges on day four of the closely watched trial of sixteen Democrats who denied the charge that is punishable up to life imprisonment under the Beijing enacted national security law. Among the defense are former lawmakers, ex-district counselors, a former journalist, and other activists. The remaining 31, 31 defendants, including former law professor Benny Tai and prominent activist Josh Wong, have pled guilty and will be sentenced after the trial concludes. Some have, re- have been remanded in custody for, om- for almost two years, while await while waiting for cases, for the case to move to trial, the f- cases focus um, on it on a primary held in July twenty twenty by the pro democracy camp to choose candidates for the upcom for the up for an upcoming legislative council election. Democrats are accused for plotting to abuse quote unquote the powers of lawmakers if they secure a majority. To indiscriminately veto budget bills, force the chiefs to resign, and drive the government into shutdown. I mean, isn't that what our lawmakers supposed to be doing? Prosecutors are expected to call to call their witnesses starting next Monday, after they finished delivering the opening statement on Thursday. It was revealed in court earlier that the earlier that defendant on on King, Andrew Chu, and Ben Chum. Described as organizers of the primary elections, would would be testifying as compliance witnesses. Primary election candidate Mike Lamb, who is also who is also a founder of Ch- of Chen of Chain Store about Thai, will also give testimonies for the prosecution. The court on Thursdays had heard the prosecution ca- um built its case against individual defendants by signing by signing their election manifestos, pamphlets, social media posts, media interviews, and other materials as proof of support for an active participation in the primary elections. Deputy Director of Public Prosecution Anthony Chow referred uh, referred to notes seized from the for- the home of former legislature Lam Chutting following his arrest in January twenty twenty one. He said it was stated in Lamb's notes that he was completely agreed with the subversive ideology of liberate Hong Kong revolutions of our times. The slogan frequently chanted during the 2019 anti-extradition bill protest had been banned in Hong Kong since July 2020, when the government said it contained subversive and secessionist connotations, contravening the sweeping national security law which went into force on June 30, 2020. Another, def- another defendant, Gwen Ho, a former journalist for the now defunct online media outlet Stand News, was said to have pledged unwavering resistance and fostered resentment towards the, the authorities. In her election manifesto published on Facebook in June 2020, her co defendant, Owen Chow, on the other hand, was accused of promoting secessionist ideas such as creating Hong Kong's nationality. An election, an election form on June 28, 2020. This was before the national security was made was enforced in Hong Kong. The case was adjourned to Friday morning for the court to hear the to hear arguments on the admissibility, the admissibility of a police officer as an expert witness for the prosecution. The officer's testimony is expected to be related to social media platforms, including Facebook and YouTube. I don't know why the forcing them. I don't know why this is even happen. 
I don't know why they're forcing them to do this. It's just ridiculous, of course. Chinese balloon equipment clearly for spying, U.S. official says. Images from U from from the, from U two spy planes show that Chinese balloons that flew over the United States last week was unmistakably equipped for collecting internet intelligence and not weather data. A U.S. official said Thursday. Details images taken by high altitude U twos show the balloon payload equipment was clearly for intelligence surveillance and inconsistent with the equipment's onboard weather balloons, the senior State Department official said. It had multiple antennas, including an array likely capable of collecting and geolocating communication, the official said in a statement. It was equipped with the solar panels, large enough to produce the requisite power to operate multiple active intelligence collection sensors, the official said on a grant of anonymity. A U.S. fire jet shot the balloon down over the Atlantic on Saturday after it had crossed much of the country over flying areas where the U.S. where the U.S. kept nuclear missiles and underground silos and bases with strategic bombers. The incident led, um, led U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken to cancel an imminent trip to Beijing that has been long planning and aimed at improving communication between the two rival superpowers. So it's basically the Second Cold War over and over again. An official at the Federal Bureau of Investigation, Federal Bureau of Investigation, which is the FBI, which is tasked with examining the balloon, said Thursday that so far only a small part of the balloon payload of spying and power um, electronics have been recovered. The evidence that have been recovered and brought to the FBI is extremely limited. The official said, the official said, I mean that it, it, had, it was being examined at the FBI's laboratory in Quantico, Virginia. What was recovered so far was, a, was falling on the surface of the water, the official said, on the grounds of anomaly. The larger part of a payload, including sprawling, including sprawling solar panels, sunk in around 47 feet, 14 meters of water after the balloon was shot down. The FBI did not say whether the main payload pieces have been located, but warned that looming bad weather could hinder the recovery. The State Department officials indicate that the U.S. believes the balloon was under the control of the Chinese People's Liberation Army and is part of a fleet of balloons that China has sent over more than 40 countries on five continents to collect intelligence information. We are confident that the balloon manufacturer had direct relationship with China's military, the official said. The Pentagon said the United States was weighing taking weighing taking actions against Chinese entities linked to the balloon operations, which suggested it might slap them with sanctions. Earlier, thir earlier Thursday, Beijing confirmed that it had refused ov an overture on sa on Saturday by U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin for phone conversation phone discussions with Chinese counterparts over the balloon issues. This irresponsible and seriously mistake. A mistaken approach by the U.S. not create a proper atmosphere for dialogue and exchanges between the two militaries, defense, Chinese Defense Ministry said in a statement. In a congressional hearing Thursday, U.S. Assistant Secretary of Defense Melissa Dalton defended the Pentagon's decision not to shoot down the balloon when it, when it entered U.S. airspace over the waters of Alaska on January 28th. Dalton said the cold and icy seas by Alaska would plunge to around 80 
18,000 feet in depth, which is about 5,486 meters, would have uh, would have made recovery much uh, much more difficult and extremely dangerous. As it flew over Alaska and Northwest Canada, she said, "We continue to track and assess the bal- assess the balloon, learn more about China's capabilities and tradecraft." Are you serious? You're gonna deny. You're gonna sit here and deny it like an idiot would. Seriously. Seriously. Are you crazy? South Korea. South Korea ends COVID uh, COVID visas restrictions for China's travelers. South Korea said Friday it would resume sh- issuing short-term visas to travelers from China, ending a COVID link restrictions that sparked a furious response and its tit-for-tat measures from Beijing. In January, Seoul imposed travel requirements, including visa restrictions and PCR testing, on all travelers from China, as the world's most most populous country battled a surge in coronavirus cases. But South Korea said the rate of passengers from China testing positive on arrival has dropped to 1.4% last week, down from 20% when the curve was first introduced. As a result, Seoul will remove short-term reset restrictions on China and resume issuing them starting from February 11th, which is just tomorrow, at least from my calendar. The country's disease control center said in a statement, Whoa, I slammed my phone. The drop reflects the current situation in China, it said, where there have been no signs of new coronavirus spread or mutations after the Lunar New Year holiday. Days after Seoul stopped granting the visas in January, Beijing pushed back by calling the measures discriminatory and, sp- and suspending the insur- ins- insurance of short-term visas for South Koreans. On Friday, Beijing welcomed the development and said it would actively consider um, retroactively resuming the insurance of short-term visas for South Koreans visiting China, a foreign ministry spokeswoman said. South Korea said other restrictions, including testing requirements, would remain in place. Travelers from China must provide a negative test for departure and undergo a PCR test within the first day of arrival. Those testing positive are required to be quarantined for a week. South Korea had removed pre-flight and on-flight testing requirements for travelers from, uh, from all other countries last year. So recently dropped rules requiring people to wear masks in most indoor spaces ending one of the country's last major pandemic restrictions as COVID-19 cases window. So of course, um, we don't, so of course I don't know how much I can trust the South Korean, but God bless them, of course. The only thing I'm hoping for is hopefully the comments probably does not screw it up for them. Because when it screw up, then it means it's their problem now. Once it's their problems, we can't handle them because they won't tell us. As a government, as a government entities, and they don't care about us. They look at, I mean, they they they're governments. They're communist authoritarian regime. Okay, they don't they don't, not gonna tell you the truth. Even if they did, they won't let you know. So of course they they don't care. It's like they're basically saying, well, we don't. Well, we are telling you the truth though. And in the actuality, you don't tell the truth because you're not because we don't trust you no more. Why we don't trust no more, may I ask? Well, because they're communist regimes. How many times do they lie? A lot, actually. The governments that they can lie and they can just lie under their breath and then after I can just think they're not gonna they're not gonna admit any of their crimes. 
or any of their faults, I should say. And what will happen around now? What would happen around the Democrats? Or what happened when someone got arrested for creating the word freedom? I would, would would that be illegal or would that be something else? Or would that happen still to this day? Because we're still protest at least we're still protesting silently. But at the same time we had to at least continue to speak up nonetheless. Well, we'll explain more after the break. Welcome back. Men arrested for allegedly graffitiing 130 instances of freedom across Hong Kong. A man has been arrested for criminal damage over more than 130 instances of graffiti involving involving the Chinese characters for the word freedom. The police said officers detained a 39-year-old man, surnamed Chan, on Wuchi on Wuchi on on states and shotting on Tuesday after extensive intelligence analysis and thorough investigation. He is suspected of tagging structures and public facilities including buildings, shop, building, shops, fuse box and bridges across the Hong Kong Island, across Hong Kong Island, Kowloon and the new territories between January and February. The clothes he was wearing and the tools used at the time of the incident were found in his shotting home and a union at an industrial building in Kwai Chum Poison. The criminal damage is punishable up to 10 years in jail. According to local media outlets, the Korean involved the tagging the word freedom and the in Chinese the fuse box at the intersection of Lychee Gok Road and popular and popular streets in Sam Street Pole were among the location where it was found in the media report. Nearby there was a fuse box each covered by two sheets and an a of A4 sized paper. And it's not known if they conceived the graffiti in questions. Of course we don't know what it is, so we're not gonna you know dwell into that kind of stuff anyway. Cause we know that they I don't know if they covered it up, I don't know if they were trying to do anything like that. So hopefully they got I don't know what happened to the guy, so don't ask me about it. Of course no one's asking, so so peop so they're still investing I think they arrested when they arrested him, I don't know if he admitted, but who knows. Middle East Charm Offensive Fruitful said said Hong Kong Zhang Li as Deputy Justice Sec says no one asked about security law. <laughs> Yet the question is, why should I the answer is why should I? Question that's the question, why should I? Hong Kong Chief Executive John Lee has said his trip to Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates yield fruitful results as his overseas charm offensive concluded on Friday. Meanwhile, the Deputy, the Deputy Secretary for Justice, who joined the trip, said Middle Eastern political and business figures did not ask about Beijing imposed security law as they were not easily affected by inaccurate or incorrect information. Quote unquote. <laughs> mean the press in Dubai on Friday morning, Lee sa- said his week touring the two countries was about was about establishing freedoms, promoting Hong Kong advantages, and great and creating opportunities. Lee said that the, the officials from Hong Kong and the two countries have signed 13 memoranda memoranda of understanding and letters of intent detailing cooperations on information technology, which is IT. Business, professional services, logistics, and other areas. Hong Kong's government and the Saudi Arabian government 
had agreed to let to start out negotiations about protections, promotion of investments agreement. So this is a very good result between the two governments, Leah he said. If successful, Saudi Arabia will become the twenty third foreign economy to next to next such investments agreement with Hong Kong. In addition, Lee said the city have also has also agreed to discuss a green and sustainable financing cooperations with the UAE. When asked about his bid to persuade Saudi Arabia state run oil giant Aramco to list on Hong Kong Stock Exchange, Lee said Lee said he introduced the city's strengths in finance as well as its economic potentials to the world's largest oil producer. I'm very glad that the atmosphere was positive, and both parties agreed that we should continue close communications, Lee, asked. Lee added. <laughs> the chief executive added that he had also invited officials from three sovereign funds to visit Hong Kong in the future to consider investing. Lee said the destination for his next for his next visit will likely be will be countries of ASEAN, the Association of Southeast Asian of South of Southeast Asian nations. He did not directly answer the questions as to whether he had planned to visit the U.S. or the European countries. At a separate press briefing on Friday, the Deputy Secretary for Justice Horace Chung, who traveled with Lee, said none of the government officials or business representatives he met over the recent days, I asked about Hong Kong's national security law. I feel that our friend in the Middle East countries are capable of making independent and objective judgment. They're not easily swayed by inaccurate or incorrect information, Chern said. The 2021 Human Rights Measurement Initiative said Saudi Arabia was among the most dispowering and unsafe countries for state abuses, with poor records on torture, execution, extrajudicial killings, disappearance, arbitrary arrest and death and the death penalty. Meanwhile, NGO Amnesty International in 2021 argued that the AUE commits commits serious rights violations, including arbitrary arbitrary detentions, cruel and unhumane treatments of detainees, suppression of freedom of expression, and violations of the rights to privacy. Of course we expect when a country is so terror they don't even care. During his overseas tour, Leeds had repeatedly claimed that Hong Kong has no COVID-19 restrictions whatsoever. It is despite visitors and residents still facing facing a $5,000 fine if they fail to wear a face mask in public. Oh, no restrictions when they're facing... Oh, that's not restrictions. We put $5,000 on people who actually, who actually violate the rules. That's not restrictions, right? On Friday, Lee said different experts talked about different considerations and gave different suggestions on the timing. But the principle was clear. What when we can be sure when we can be sure that the winter flu surge had passed, we were actively consider canceling the mask mandates. So don't start lying to me. These governments cannot lie to me about these kind of things. It's 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 it's, it's dumb. He said, "Oh, there's no restrictions," but at the same time, you. Slap a five thousand um, dollar penalty fine on someone for not wearing a mask. It's kind of hypocritical. Hong Kong's anti graft police hunt Tesco, uh, hunt Tesco's toy supplier and buyers accused of decade long ninety nine hundred k hundred k bribery scheme. 
the court had issued had issued arrest warrants for two buyer uh, for two buy managers and a toy supplier who were wanted by the Hong Kong anti crack body for allegedly accept for allegedly accept accepting and offering bribes totaling over over nine hundred thousand dollars. Nine hundred thousand dollars, which is over seventy million seven million dollars in Hong Kong. So George George Convex forty six. I might butcher his name so bad. Ladislav Gauds, forty three years old, were buying managers for the supermarket chain Tesco in the UK and local subsidiaries. They are wanted by the Independent Commission Against Corruption for one count of conspiracy for an agent to accept advantages with alleged offenses taking place between June, 2020, June 2010 and January 2020. What's the song for these guys to even know about this kind of thing anyway? Probably because it's not a focus back then. In 2011, Kovacs and Gados, and Gados allegedly convinced sourcing manager Pang Chung-King to elicit rebates from from Chen Chen Chun, operate up Henwen Toy Industri- Industrial Limited Co Limited, Henwen, fifty seven year fifty seven year old, uh, fifty seven years old, old Chen Chen faces three charges relating to bribery, while Gados is accused of corrupt dealings that began in mid twenty twenty one. The ICAC said uh, says that Kobacks and Gados conspired with sourcing managers Pung to receive illegal rebates totaling over $708,000, which is over $5.5 million in Hong Kong, from Chen. Meanwhile, Chen allegedly conspired with Convax, Gados, and Pung to offer, to offer illegal rebates to the trio. Offering, while, whilst Chen is accused of offering two loans totaling $200,000, about one point. $1.56 million in Hong Kong to Pung. In all, in all, toy orders worth over $26 million over 200, which is the U.S., but $205 million in Hong Kong were placed in with Henwen between 2021 and 2018. Pung was jail for three years in July 2021 after playing guilty combat Chen, Convax, and Gat and Gatos, meanwhile, are are thought to be outside Hong Kong. Tesco and the subsidiaries are corp are cooperating in the case. We'll see how it goes if they're gonna be persecuted on this kind of case anyway. Let's see. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Two Hong Kong men jailed for five years under national security law for its conspiracy to incite subversion. The um, two Hong Kong members of the of the self-proclaimed revolutionary group Return Valent have been jailed for five years for its conspiracy to, cons- to incite subversion after a judge ruled that that their offenses under the national security law were a serious nature. Choi Wingi, 21 years old, and Chris Chan Yao Ching, 26 years old, appeared in front of a designated national security judge called White King at the district court on Thursday for sentencing. Choi was given an extra three months for ha- and yep, there you go. For ha- for having two retractable batons at his home, making a total of five years and three months for him. So that that's pretty bad. They earlier pled guilty to conspiring to incite others to subvert state power, be- 
between January and May 2021. Choi also pled guilty to possessing offensive weapons. When handed down sentence, Kwok uh, said the offense, defenses were a serious nature, as Choi was a founder of returning Valent. Kwok said the only responsible interfer- interference was the group was that the group advocate advocacy of bloodshed revolutions without a bottom line came from Choi himself. The judge said he had incited his co-defendants in the case to join his cause and promote and promote the group's idea to it to the public at street booths. Kwok said the founder also acted as a group spokesperson doing media interviews and hosted a press conference. In addition, Choi has control over the group's two Instagram pa- accounts and one Facebook page, which Kwok s- said could spare- spread their belief to an unlimited amount of people. As for Chen, the judge said he did not believe the defense was under the influence of others and when he committed the offense at the age of 25, 24, after three years of university education and living abroad without his parents for almost eight years, Instead, Kwok ruled that Chan had actively agreed with returning Valen's ideas. While Chan made no public speeches inside others to subvert state power, Kwok said he had none had, had nonetheless helped distribute leaflets with messages and had interpreted during a press conference. It was very clear that he attempt he attempted to promote their beliefs towards an international audience, which constitutes an of serious offense. Kwok said. As a result, the judge set the starting point of sentencing at 6 years for Choi and 5.5 years for Chan. The judge also determined that the middle range sentence mandate under the Beijing Imposed National Security Law was applicable for to the two defendants. While they were charged with conspiracy instead of actual subversion, Kwok said they committed the offense multiple times. Under security legislation, anyone convicted of subversion offenses considered serious, considered serious, must be jailed for at least five years. As a result, although both defendants had pled guilty, Kwok said the jury term would be shortened to five years instead of a full one, instead of the one full, instead of the full one third discount. Last October, five members of the political group between 16 and 19 were sentenced to a train center after pleading guilty to the same conspiracy charge. In a separate case now underway, 16 de- uh, Democrats accused of conspiracy to commit subversion are on trial. Another 31 have pled guilty and will be sentenced at the end of the trial. So, of course, we know it's going to be either good or it can be very, very crappy. So, let's talk about the uh, the couple, the you know the domestic workers that are... We heard about the... the, the, um, the the domestic workers multiple multiple times. We talked about this already. Hong Kong couple who abused Indonesian domestic workers ordered to pay eight hundred sixty eight thousand dollars in damages. A Hong Kong court had ordered a couple to pay eight hundred and sixty eight thousand six hundred dollars in damages to their former Indonesian domestic workers more than a decade after her abuse case shocked the city. Kartika puts. Um, Puspita Putriasari, 46, 4 years old, who now lives in Indonesia, where her family did not appear at district court on Friday when judgment was delivered. Migrant worker activists received a judgment on her behalf. The former domestic workers case made international headlines in 2013 when her employer, 
um, Dai Chi Wai and Catherine Ao were jailed after being found guilty of charges including assault and wounding with an intent. The couple was said to have scalded Kartika, Kartika with an iron rod, slash her, slash her with, with a paper cutter, and used a bicycle chain to beat her when she worked for them from 2010 to 2012. I can't believe she hadn't left for that long. She was also left left tied to a chair for days without food while her employer vacationed in Thailand, a court heard at the time. Tai and Ao were jailed for jail for three years and three three years and three months and five years respectively. In October, Carter got food from Indonesia to Hong Kong with the support of local migrant worker groups to satisfy in court, seeking nine hundred thirty five thousand dollars in damages from her former employer. Former her former employers did not appear in court and did not submit a defense ahead of the judgment delivery. Separately, she's she is to receive $350,000 from an insurance payout. According to the written judgment, the compensation covers areas including pains, 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 suffering and loss of enjoyment in life, aggravated damages, loss of income ahead of, a, of trial, loss of ability to work, and future medical expenses. Most of the money will go to cover the cost of Karika's cosmetic surgery, suiting petroleum and therapy. Speaking outside district court, members of the rights group from the rights group Asia Migrant Coordinating Body called the judgment a victory, albeit a delayed one. We are happy with the decision of the of the court because Kartika got what she claimed after ten years, says Shringerton, which is the, she's the chairperson of the Indonesian Migrant Worker Union. The union called Kartika to inform her of the judgment, they added, and she cried upon hearing the news. Any less diary, chair, uh, chairperson of the International Migrant Alliance, said the group would speak with her lawyer and the legal aid department to discuss how to proceed with the claims with, the cl- with claiming the money for, uh, for Kartika. She needs intensive psychological and medical care. She faced so much trauma, Annie said. She, she, we wanted Kartika to recover, and we need the money for, uh, for her to do that. Friday's judgment was slant, was slated to be delivered in December, but was delayed three times. And AMCB said they did not know the reason for the postponement. Carter's torture had drawn comparison with our with the high profile case of Arwina. Who, I can't pronounce the last name. We're just we're just gonna call Arwina. I apologize for that. Who became the face of the of a movement to advocate for changes for more than three hundred thousand foreign domestic workers in Hong Kong. La Wang Tong, Erwana's employer, was jailed for six years in 2015 for assaulting Erwina and another domestic worker. She was ordered to pay $809,430 as compensations for Erwina's injuries, but did not make the repayment as a court approves her bankruptcy claims in 2021. And in, in truth is, she deserved it. The, the the employer, not the not the uh, the victims, deserve to get a bankruptcy. Cause why would you do that in the first place? Who asked you? I didn't want. I don't want that to happen to her. She just came into work. Not came to get beaten. Ty and all's absences from the um, from the October hearing show that they are practically did not want to take their this responsibility for compensating Kartika, and he said. I mean that it was not it was 
that it is not known whether they will pay, whether they, whether they have the capacity to pay. Emphasizing, emphasizing that, emphasizing, it took ten years from Carter fleeing her employer's home to learning that she would be compensated for her trauma. The activists added that the government should sped up such legal process. If not, more employers would take advantages. If not, more employers would take advantages to abuse more domestic workers because they know they know to fight for justice. It w- is very difficult in Hong Kong, and he said. Hong Kong is home to around 340,000 migrant domestic workers. Most of them are from Indonesia and Philippines. In the Philippines, research has shown that domestic workers contribute significantly to the city's economy, freeing up parents from de- from childcare and other duties so they can enter the workforce. Migrant workers activists have long for camp have long campaigned for their rights, signing cases of domestic workers being denied rest days, food, or their salaries. I still feel a heavy trauma that makes me emotionally vulnerable. I often have nightmares and tremble whenever I see people who look like my empl- former employers, Kartika said via an interpreter at a press conference in October after she testified in court. I lost my confidence and also feel my ins- and also feel insecure because of the visibility because of the visible scars on my body, which are still sore and painful. That's a very sad thing that happened. And I'm hoping... But the problem is, there's no more pro-democracy that come out and actually defend them. Normally, when you see them, LSD, Democrat Party, um, Lee Chutnyan, and the CTU, Labor Party, things like that. All of those parties, Claudia Moore as well, I guess the civic party as well. All those people that came in and support many of the domestic workers who were beaten by these bastards. But not out here. Probation tends to defend the employer and not the employee. Are you serious? Why aren't more probation come out and say, that's wrong, they shouldn't do that? If you're saying you're promoting human rights, why aren't you doing that then? You're liars. Hong Kong 47. We're going to go for the final one for today. This is the final one. Election officials just testify in Democrats' national security trial for secure review. Hong Kong prosecutors are set to summon election officials to testify in a landmark national security trial relating to, relating to a to 47 prominent pro-democracy figures a local courts have heard. Government officials from the Registration and Electoral Office are expected to testify for the prosecution in a closely watched trial of former lawmakers, ex-district counselors, a former journalist, and other activists. Deputy Director of Public Prosecutions Jonathan Mantaco said on Friday, he originally estimated that it would take four weeks for the prosecution to call all its witnesses and have them ex- cross-examined by the defense. But High Court Judge Alex Lee, one of the three hand-picked, one of the three hand-picked judges here in the case, questioned whether the approximations was a little bit too optimistic. Then six weeks or even more would be more realistic estimations, the prosecutor replied. 16 Democrats are facing a no trial, a no jury trial after they were, after they denied the consp- charge of conspiracy to commit subversion, which warrants a maximum penalty of life imprisonment under the Beijing enacted national security law. The case had 47 defendants in total, 31 of whom have pled guilty and are awaiting sentencing after the 90-day trial concludes. The alleged conspiracy involves 
around an unofficial primary elections held in July 2020, which aims to help the pro-democracy camp winning a, win a controlling majority in the legislative council. The defense then accused of con- intending to abuse their powers, quote-unquote, at lawmakers, if elected to indiscriminately veto budgets, paralyze government operations, and ultimately force the chief executive to resign. Isn't that what lawmakers are supposed to be doing? Witnesses for the prosecution are expected to give their, est- their statements in court starting next Monday. Man said, um, Man said, said they would first call a compliance witnesses to stand to this stand, including defense Arnold King, Andrew Chute, Ben Chum, and Mike Lamb. The court allowed the prosecution to include two police sergeants as expert witnesses who gave evidence of the operations of Facebook and YouTube. Another witness witness would be called by the prosecutor to satisfy on a coordination meeting held and, and attended by some defendants. The approval was granted after barrister Trevor Beale argued that the defense had received written statements from the expert expert witnesses late, which caused an irredeemable prejudice to his client, Gwen F. Hull, a former reporter for now defunct online news outlet Stan News. Prosecutor Mang Mang were rebuted by saying those expert witnesses would not be called until mid April, which which would give the defense sufficient time to prepare. Judge Alex Lee asked the defense to take firm information from their clients on whether they would like to challenge the authenticity and admissibility admissibility of social media contents attributed attributed to them. Any dispute should be raised next Monday, he said. If that issue needed to be decided, it would have a serious impact on the future conduct of the trial, Lee said, adding that he and ju- and judge and judges Andrew Chan and Johnny Chan would need to canvas options, including splitting the case into separate groups of defendants. The high-profile trial begins on Monday, almost two years after the defendants were first brought to court in in March 2021. Only 13 of the 47 de- defendants are currently are currently on bail, and are subjected to and are subjected to a list of restrictions, including curfews, being barred from giving media interviews, and contacting foreign politicians or government or government officials. The court on Friday approved application of defense for curfew to be wavered during a lengthy trial. The judges also lift the requirements for the defendants on bail to report to the police. To the, um, to the police during the week. The trial will resume next Monday. How long they be in here anyway? That's what I want to know. How long they be stuck in there? F- I don't know if they're going to be stuck in there forever. I don't know if they being stuck there for the rest of their life. That's not going to be great if that happens. So I'm hoping that they will be free. And hopefully that they will gain their freedom soon. So that will be, be great if they gain their freedom. So that way they don't have to you know, live under a hell of communism. Thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for your, for my podcast for our podcast. And of course, this most of these report, like I said, it came, as we said in the beginning, this thing came from Hong Kong Free Press. You guys can check out Hong Kong Free Press by tagging, by searching up Hong Kong Free Press and look up just look up HKFP and you got yourself Hong Kong Free Press and you can read all the news and I think you might enjoy it and you can learn a lot more about what happening in Hong Kong. Of course, the news is unbiased, so you guys can read as much as you want and have your own input on it. And that's it for today, guys, and we'll talk more next week.
And this is Team Cat Home, my radio signing out. Hope you guys have a great weekend, guys. Stay warm. <laughs> My radio. It's on on every Monday and every Friday. And host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.